This episode contains discussions about suicide ideation, which may trigger some listeners. Please reference the description box for specific timeframes for discussion times on this topic, as well as resources and support. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey survivors, are you tired of feeling stuck in toxic jobs and undervalued as a diversity educator? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Courageous Survival, the podcast that empowers you to take charge of your life and create the success you deserve. I'm Dr. Shan Broom, your host and life coach extraordinaire. Each week, we dive into topics that are relevant to your healing journey and provide you with the tools you need to find peace, ease, and joy. From practical tips to inspiring stories, we'll help you transform your life and thrive like never before. So let's get started and show the world what Courageous Survival really means. Hey. 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 <laughs> Ain't no music playing, y'all. This is just literally us vibing, looking at each Libre other. Gang. Libre gang. Gang gang. Um, I am here with the wonderful and illustrious Lonnie G. Hi. So happy to be here with the wonderful and also illustrious Shan Broom. You looking good today. Thank you. Why are we so dramatic? <laughs> Because look, it's in our nature and we just got to do it for the one time. Yeah. I really thought we would have gotten this all out in the first like 15 minutes we had before this call to, you know, touch base, but we did it. No, that's not who we are. Yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm excited to have you here on my little podcast Um, and let's just get right to it. Okay. Okay. So can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? who you are, Miss Lonnie G, and then you can kind of segue that into what's your experience in higher education. And let's not allude to anything. Where are you at in that? Yes. Yes. Okay. So one, thank you for having me. Thank you for asking me to be here. I'm very excited to talk to your millions and millions of listeners Mm -hmm. speaking into existence. Um, I am Lani G. I am currently a spiritual life coach and intuitive healer for Black women, and I help Black women to love themselves fully and out loud and say yes to their desires. That's really what I do now. Like, I really just focus on healing myself, helping others to heal, and just like living your most abundant, juicy, just beautiful life. Yes. And as in regards to higher education. I loved it there for a hot second, but um, <laughs> my stint in higher education did not last long. Um, after being like a student activist and everything and kind of falling in love with college in general, I was like, let me go ahead and get my graduate degree in higher education leadership. And eventually I'll be a full-time employee, changing lives on college campuses all around the world. Yes, change those all- lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but during my graduate program where I had an assistantship, you know, that was I didn't make it out. I mean, I did make it out. I graduated, right? But I did not make it to the full-time life that I once perceived that I would or believed that I would. Um, So yeah, I kind of was forced out of the higher education space because of who I am. Mm, Shocking. Yes. I say with so much sarcasm. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Yes. Well, so all the listeners, if you haven't really noticed by now we're going to be talking about 
leaving higher education and whether or not you left higher education because you made that decision to leave higher education or you left higher education because who you were in that space was not valued and people decided to make you their target and force you out of that space because that is what often happens to our brightest and our best. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions that I had was, you know, for some folks, leaving higher education can be a really tough decision to make um, when you are given the opportunity to make it, especially as a Black woman, you know, we want to we want to save everybody. We want to help everyone. What were some of the challenges you faced when that decision was made for you? But ultimately, I feel like, you know, leading up to that, yeah, you kind of realized it wasn't necessarily a place you wanted to be. So what were some of those challenges um, that you faced when making that decision or being forced into that predicament? Yeah, well, first and foremost, it was thinking about the students. Like, I love Student, I still call them my students because some of us are still connected on the socials. You know, I still love them. I still check in on them and see how they're doing. Um, and as a student, like a previous student myself, I was thinking about like how much more impactful it would have been to have somebody like me mm-hmm. on my campus, holding space for me, affirming me, loving me, right? And showing me the ins and outs, the things that, you know, especially as a first generation college student, a lot of people just expect you to just show up on campus and be successful. And it's like, girl, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, nobody told me how to do this. And so I really had a severe, like, I don't want to say severe, but I had a really big soft spot in my heart for helping those type of students. And so when thinking about, I was going back and forth before like going to like the placement exchange that everybody goes to, you know, especially for, you know, higher like residence life. Um, I was like, maybe this isn't the space room because I was experiencing a lot of pushback for who I am, the woman that I was hired to be. <laughs> I was experiencing a lot of like, we don't like that here. Get out. Like, it was a yeah. lot of that. And I was like, okay, I don't know. It's if like, I'm who like, told you to be vocal? Right, right. Although like you talked about all of this in the interview and we were like, yes, all that. Okay. Um, and so before deciding to go to the placement exchange, I was really just like, maybe I can just, you know, go ahead and just venture out on my own because my undergrad degree was in entrepreneurship so I knew eventually I wanted to own a business right and I know that yeah girl yeah that was always the plan Mm -hmm. like as a high schooler I was like I'm gonna be CEO of what I don't know so yeah I just didn't feel ready right out of grad school to go full-time into like a not a career but like a business and so I was like you know this would be a safe space I could just like maybe another another school would be better I was Mm -hmm. incorrect Mm-hmm. So, yeah that must be like the only my only real concern was the students because we all know higher education professionals don't get paid enough so it wasn't like I was like really excited <laughs> about a check so like, dang I'm about to lose my bag right like it wasn't that it was really like I live my life based on like making an impact I've always wanted to leave a legacy and I've always wanted to pay it forward so the ways that I've been blessed and like led and supported in spaces where I was like I didn't know anything I wanted to be able to do that for other students and so that was really the only determining factor for me and like yeah. per- actually pursuing a career in higher education yeah and that's that's something I hear from every client I work with every friend I have every colleague I have and had we're in higher education because we want to be the person we didn't have when we were a student. We want to be that person that students, especially Black students, can go to. I know for me, I go in higher education for those exact same reasons. Um, I experienced something traumatic, <laughs> shocking. And I was like, 
I need to be this person in higher education that makes it so other little black girls in college aren't experiencing this alone. Yeah. Like I don't want them to fall through the cracks. So I need to go be that person that'll be there for them. And I feel like that's exactly why black women keep getting into higher education, but that's also exactly why we keep leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're not allowed to do what we want to do. Yes. Yes. We're not actually allowed to support them. They're like, no, we want you to support all the black students, but you have to do it this way and this way and this way. And we're like, mm, incorrect. Exactly. So I know. And I'm going to just say, like, we talked about it before, um, like before we started the podcast, when you were like, um, Shan, your questions, like, I didn't decide to leave. Um, it was decided for me. It's kind of like that Oprah. Were you silent? Wait, was she silent? Were or was you she silent, silent or was she silent? <laughs> yes. Did you decide or was it decided? Mm. It was decided. Um, It was also decided for me as well. So when thinking about that, how did you navigate that process of actually leaving higher education? How did you, you know, what resources did you use or communities did you rely on during this time, if any? Yeah. Okay. So it was quite a process, I'll say, because I didn't know that it was decided for me until like a few Mm -hmm. months after. I, like I said, I went to the placement exchange. So I'm assuming that everyone listening to your podcast is in like, they know the jargon, you know what I'm saying? If you don't Google it, I don't know. Right. TPE, big thing. So I went to TPE, was getting on-campus interviews, was doing the thing. And I'm like, I'm making my mark. I'm going to get a job, yada, yada, yada. And then I graduated, still didn't have a job. Right. And so I ended up hearing from one of the women, because, you know, when you meet the Black people on campus, you make friends. So in one of my on-campus interviews, I met two Black women and one of them, both of them I exchanged numbers with, but one of them, she had ended up reaching out to me and just asked, like, did you get a job? And I'm like, no, like, I've already graduated. I moved back in my family because I ain't had, I had nowhere to go. <laughs> like, at that point, I was prepared to, you know, start my full-time job. So I moved back in with family and everything. She's like um who's your reference and I'm like well these people she's like you might want to check them because they're not speaking very highly of you and I'm like why would they do that like I don't know why they would do that like when I I had a conversation with each of my references about what they would say like all the things I did what I was supposed to do and she was like yeah because I didn't even hear this from my campus I heard this from another campus your name and I was like and it was at a university that I did not interview at so I was like what you know I'm just like dumbfounded I was just like I couldn't believe that this is why I'm no longer getting any callbacks like because there was a period of just silence and I'm just like I'm waiting to hear back from like three people who were like you're in the top you're in the top you're in the top so I was like well now it all makes sense why they don't call me back (laughs) because if someone's telling them not to hire me yeah the whole job search um process when you were in TPE you didn't even hear back from folks but for those like three months and until you moved into your family with your family you didn't even know why you weren't getting callbacks you were just thinking folks not biting and yeah I don't want to foreshadow but what were you thinking like emotionally like about yourself who you were as a professional Mm -hmm. yeah I started to doubt everything like I was thinking that everything I had done and it, it wasn't enough. Like somehow I should have found a way to do more. And mind you, mm-hmm. when I was in my two-year program, I had two internships, was working full, like doing my, what they, it's a part-time, but I was you working, working full-time. Mm-hmm. And I was a student. So yeah. I was 
I was always busy doing things that I thought would build my resume to make me the best like marketable professional. And so I just, after that, I'm like, I had a little thought in my mind that like maybe I was being talked about, not positively, but for the references, I had conversations with them. So I was like, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. So it was just a lot of how do I have to pivot now? Like, where, what do I do now? Because I'm back with my family. I've spent all of my savings on TPE, preparing for TPE, getting the clothes to look like a professional, get, paying for the flights, like all these things, like I'm doing the thing. So I'm like, I have nothing left. What is going yeah. on? You know? So it was a really dark time in my life. I'll say like that. It was a very, very um, hard thing to go through. Yeah. And for folks that don't know, or you didn't pause this and go Google, like I told you to, TPE is, so it's like the placement exchange, but it's like the place to go when you're a master's student in higher education or like student affairs to interview for the jobs across the country. Um, Typically the entry-level jobs across the country that more senior level folks don't want to do. So like your housing jobs, your Greek life, your assistant, all of that stuff. But it's kind of alluded to as this like, if you about your business, you're going to get a job. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to go and you're going to interview with anywhere from five to 20. I've been seeing people, um, schools and positions, and you're going to have your pick of job offers. So this idea that you went, had all these interviews, didn't hear back, but you like the star student in your program when it comes okay. to what you do. Uh, what you're involved in, how you like carry yourself, that's shocking. And so you mentioned going through that, doubting yourself, feeling like, oh, you should have done more. When really the whole thing was because somebody else was a coward and didn't want to tell you. Let me stop. Let me, you continue the story because I know a little bit of the story and I'm about to uh, drop some spoilers. You you keep going. You keep going. You can't lie. You're not lying. Like I, at this point in my life, I have come to accept why that happened and mm-hmm. like why it needed to happen. Cause I do think I needed to be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. I know that. I believe that. Right. Um, it just was very painful and very just like shocking because, you know, regardless of whether or not someone likes me, I think we are professionals. Mm-hmm. Right. And so shocking. we're thinking, right. Like, groundbreaking idea you know because it's not about who likes who it's about like what is best for the students and so for me it was just like did I really upset you that much that you did this like livelihood what if I didn't have a family to move in with mm-hmm. you know like I could have been in the streets you know what I'm saying mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. grateful that I wasn't but it's just like the lack of care or regard for another human being was what was the most shocking to me. Mm. And also hearing that this was, ha- this had happened to other people by the same person. Like, mm. after, like that was just even more, it's just like, wow, how can a person do that? Like, wow. You know, yeah. it just was very like, and these, these people are running rampant in higher ed. Like they're still there to this day, <laughs> to this day, <laughs> to this day, these people, these toxic entities are still in higher education, causing all sorts of chaos and havoc. Ooh, yeah. ooh. And I just, as you were talking, I remember when I, the day I first met you, you were visiting like my, your, your friend, my roommate and friend, and 
I don't know where they were, but you were in the house doing something. I don't know. And I come downstairs and they had already told me what you went through. And I was already like on like level 586 mad. But when I feel like when I met you, I had to like play it up a little bit. Like, oh my gosh, what happened? <laughs> Share with me. I can just come out and be like, yeah, I know all your business um, right. meeting you for the first time. And you told me, and you told me even more details than like our uh, friend told uh, told me. I wanted to punch through the wall like the Kool-Aid man, but angry. Like I was so mad hearing your story um, because I think I, at that time it was maybe like four or five months after my own story had culminated. So we were on like these same timelines. I allude all that to say, talk to me more about like the emotions that you felt uh, during this time. Like I know you felt like, you know, you started with this like self-doubt, but what did that kind of progress to and how did you end up where you are now? Child, you know I cry at the drop of a hat. So the, the oh. people, you may, you may not see me, but you may hear a little, little what you a little lump in my throat, um, because it still hurts. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and even thinking back to like how I felt at that time, mm. I was heavily depressed. Like, God fucking damn it! You got me too, and I got my glasses on. Um, I was heavily, heavily depressed, mm. and. Um, I had a couple of suicidal ideation moments. I have felt like everything that I had worked for just went away. You know, I grew up hearing like college is the ticket out. And so I took it a step further. I got my master's, you know, Mm -hmm. and for like, I guess like my worst fear to happen, it just felt like everything was for nothing. And like all the things that I had learned, all the things that I had did the impact that I had made or thought that I had made was nothing and so it was really really hard oh my god yeah we both sitting here crying I did not think I needed to bring tissue thank you honestly truly coming into the episode why did I not think of this um I promise you I also didn't think this would occur it's fine. It is. We're human. We we're human. are allowed to be vulnerable and we're allowed to express ourselves. Yes. Least, so. And this is this is 100% why I started my business and wanted to start this podcast. Um, and I, I feel like I had this conversation with you. I think so often we hear the success stories of Black women at the end of their journey where, you know, they're quote unquote healed and, you know, stepped into their badassery that we always knew they had, but we don't ever hear about the journey and what that looks like. We don't hear about the dark times and the sad times. And, you know, and more of that is likely to do. Sometimes we as Black women don't articulate what we're going through because, you know, that's hard (laughs) being vulnerable and sharing, you know, your down times. But I found that when I was going through my tough time, I kept seeing everyone finished, everyone at the end of their journey. And I was like, well, shit, how am I supposed to get there? Like, I felt bad because I felt so down and I felt so dark. So I'm actually happy that we're able to be in this space and be vulnerable and just kind of share. It ain't pretty. Mm-hmm. And people be trying us and they about to get punched in their 
I need to make sure I put the explicit tag on these podcasts because I was about to say they about to get punched in their fucking throat. Facts. <laughs> we unapologetic over here. That I'm not, we're not curtailing nothing. Y'all gonna get it raw. Period. Well, so, you know, hearing about how dark that time was for you and, you know, thinking about my own experience, I want to know, how did you cope with these emotions? Like, how did you, how did you uh, wade through the water, if you will? Um, Because that's basically what it is. You just kind of have to, like, struggle a little bit in the deep end. So how did you do that? Well, first, I started to process how I was actually feeling. So like I alluded to before, I know that this painful experience was divinely aligned. And I hate to say that because I do not like saying like, you got to go through shit to get to, yeah. you know, like, I Why are we the same? Why are we the same? Why are we the same? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's actually irritating because I think we're the same person most days. I've been thinking of that. I hate this idea of Black women have to go through shit mm-hmm. to get to this point of like healing and health and all that it's like damn why can't shit be easy but really when you when you start to unravel it we always have to go through some shit and then we come out on top and that be our diamond era yeah that's when we really be running it but it get on my nerves can't shit be easy like I just wanted to be like my name Becky and I was born into this family and I don't go through trials and tribulations related to race (laughs) yes would love that hand me things hand me things please hand out privilege to me hand me a little bit of privilege toss it (laughs) (laughs) just a little a little tosseroo honestly you can hand me just 25 percent of the privilege I don't even need 100 for real yeah it like yeah so that's the disclaimer I give but I have perspective about it now like you know I'm looking back at it I did not need to be in higher education in that way so it, I think it would have continued to do more damage. And so for me, what I did as I was waiting in the water was I started journaling. Like I did not journal before really like that. I had like, I had my first journal was when I was studying abroad in China. My mom was like, you're going to want to remember this. And I was like, okay. So I was like writing down random stuff in the journal. And so I hadn't written in it really since 2016, summer 2016, when I studied abroad. So I was like, well, I guess I'll pick this up and start writing about how I'm feeling. And that was one thing. And then once I got clear on how I was feeling with myself, I also started to communicate with those that I love and those that love me and really let them know, like, I'm really struggling. Like, this is really hard. Um, I'm really sad. I don't know why you said it like that, but that's exactly what it is. You're like, um, I mean, if you could help, maybe like just a little. I don't, I don't know how, but you know, they say I should ask, and I'm asking. Right. Yes. And so I also, because I was literally no money. Like I said, I had my mom had to start paying my phone bill, so I'd still have a phone for people to call if they were to give me a job, which they did not. But I had that, but I got on Medicaid and I got a therapist. Mm. So I could talk with a licensed professional yes. <laughs> because I knew I was depressed and I knew I was having like suicidal ideation. And like, although, you know, I hopefully give a trigger one to the people, but um, although yeah. I did want to die, I also did not want to die, you know? 
like I was like I just don't want to live like this anymore yeah. and I'm really 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 over over this and so I knew I had gone to you know counseling and therapy in college I was like this is what I need you know so found a black therapist she changed my life I love her so much to this day I hope she's doing well I don't know where she is in life but yeah <laughs> so yeah that was really really what I did to like start to take care of I started I completely switched to plant-based eating mm -hmm. like cold turkey I started practicing yoga I started doing all the things that I thought were like really that I was intuitively led to because I originally just started stretching every day because I think my mm -hmm. body was just so tight I also want to share like I was the heaviest weight I had ever been in my life in grad school and so after I was still that way obviously and so I felt uncomfortable in my body and I was like okay well I want to feel better <laughs> like yeah. everything else sucks so like I can work on me. Yeah. So I started eating different things, started doing that. I would go on walks and stuff like that. Just trying to find peace amidst the storm. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. I love that. And I, so I'm not saying this in a way to dismiss your journey at all, but I'm thinking of like, you know, myself or like some clients I know we aren't Fortunately, we aren't in the position where it's like we don't have anything else to do in our day. Right. So that idea of being like, I don't feel good. I'm going to focus on me. Like, I don't want my listeners to be like, oh, I should just, you know, focus on me and start eating healthy and start stretching and going for walks because this is not always going to work <laughs> when you got if you are in a toxic job that you're currently in or you want to leave or you have like other responsibilities, not saying that you didn't Lonnie, because I know you did, but I just want my clients to know, not clients, uh, listeners to know, like if you're hearing this and you feel like you're about to start judging yourself for being like, oh, all I got to do is get me a little vegan burger and <laughs> a little yoga class, probably not. Mm -hmm. If you can, great, but know that if you can't, we understand because I was in that same boat. I felt wretched horrendous like hit my highest weight wasn't confident in my body wasn't confident with like my relationships like I was pushing people away because I was like I can't hold on to all of this like I'm I'm, I'm stressed and I can't hold on to all of this and all I could do was dive head deep into being a student so for me I did not dive into fixing myself I dove into finishing my degree because I was like if I could just finish my degree it'll be great and I can get revenge back on everybody mm -hmm. So if you are not a person that you can get some stretching in, though you should, if you can, do not feel bad. I just wanted, I just wanted the listeners to know. Yes. I think that's really important because, you know, in my role now as a spiritual life coach, something I talk about all the time is like figuring out what's right for you in mm -hmm. your season. Like we could be going through the same thing, but what would make us feel more secure, more healthy, better would be could be potentially very different mm -hmm. and so yeah thank yeah. you for saying that because yeah. I did not have much to do besides job hunt and eat like that's really the, all, all my responsibility was yeah during that time. so it was like a solid because I graduated in May I didn't find any sort of like opportunity until November mm -hmm. so it was quite some time of like wake up what are we going to do? I can't wallow yeah. all day. Like, yeah. I can't do it. And, and you were, like, with your family. So it was, like, that illusion of, you know, we know Black family being, like, so what you going to do? Stay exactly. in bed all day? Well, exactly. fucking yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
And let's also talk, because I'm a transparent queen, okay? I also was heavily stressed to the point where I developed hemorrhoids. Mm. So, like, I would also kind of be on bed rest sometimes. I literally could not do it. I could not move. My yeah. booty was on fire, okay? So, like, and it just, in so much pain. So, I really... Child, You're I so dramatic, it. but I love it. And I, you saying that reminded me of all the times we were talking. You'd be like, "Oh, my booty," and I was like, "Honey, I don't know what to tell you, but I am so sorry for this. I am so sorry to that booty." Yeah, send love to the booty. Yeah, yeah. She's doing the best she can. You she, know, she's trying. Yes, yes. And I think so because I even remember like when we were talking, like I started working with you when you first started your business, and it wasn't that you were like telling me to be vegan but I was like seeing all the different things you were doing on your journey and getting all this healing and I was like well maybe I need to go get me a little vegan burger so that's the reason why I brought it up because I was like you might try it it might not work for you now did I enjoy how I felt when I was eating plant-based for that month and a half absolutely absolutely I still think about that mushroom bolognese (laughs) sauce I made and it was the best bolognese sauce I've ever had but am I about to go into the kitchen and make that right now? No. And that's okay. Yeah, I was like, that's all I have. So you can try things and they can help and work out for a little bit, but you got to figure out what's for you. Mm-hmm. I will say that little stint has allowed me to have a better relationship with food. Oh, now we a healthy eating podcast. I... <laughs> I was like, let me get some more vegetables in my meals. Um, Even ones I don't like, because you can ask anybody in my life, I can't stand a mushroom. I can't stand a mushroom. But that mushroom sauce, top tier, hands down, prefer it over meat. Yes. I need to, you need to share the recipe with me, man. Girl, if only I could find it. Shit. Mm -hmm. Shit. That's probably why I made it. Judd, y'all can't take us seriously you really can't but it's okay we were we needed a buffer it really did not need to be two libras on this call dramatic dramatic <laughs> okay well so how did you find community and support during your healing and growth journey or really for you how did you create community yeah thank you for that because you know that was what i did i created it because i did not have it I like, like you said, we know black families and I love my family. Like I hug them so tight. Okay. They're my people. Yes. And they did not know what I was going through. Yes. They did not know how to support me through that. And I don't fault them for that. So I actually started my podcast in the middle of that journey. Like I was just like, let me just talk to the world about what it is that I'm going through. And what it is that I'm healing from. And so from there, I began to see the value in sharing, you know, my story and in what it is that I was doing to help myself to heal through very difficult things. And I started like a virtual community, right? Mm-hmm. Like I started, well, first I started taking clients, right? I first, yeah. you know, I was like, I'm a life coach world. I want to help you through your dark times because I just made it through one of mine. Yeah. And then I started my Patreon, you know, so online, just like in general, I just started showing up online, like, hey, come to this corner of the internet and let's talk about healing. Um, because 
what many black women do I see and just for myself like I create what I see there's a lack of mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did not see nobody out here talking about what it is I needed to talk about so I was like let me just start talking about it let me find the people that resonate with this and then we could just be friends I love it that's what I see I found some friends and we had a yeah. community because it's so interesting how I don't know it's like these specific like niches is it niche or niche I never know. I ah, say both, just to be safe. Yeah, because I say niche, but then I be hearing people say niche, and I'm like, you're not about to catch me out here slipping. <laughs> anyway, the niche niche world of, like, Black women and healing, I feel like it's so vast. And there's always, there's a place for you, and then if there's not, there's a place for you to make it. And the healing through community is so important, because I know you call your sister circles, I love them. I love them. And I think so, folks, if you're super higher education, there's a sister circle methodology. And I use that in my dissertation. And it talks about this idea of (laughs) yes, snaps, this idea. And also, thank you, Marvette, because I know you're listening and you're going like, yeah, she's talking about sister circle. (laughs) 